0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 591 of Longbox Heroes, the Lamborghini of comic book podcasts. Joe and Todd here. Todd, hello. How are you?
1: I'm doing fantastic and no technical problems whatsoever.
0: That's right. I'm trying to get more into the habit of not saying like a good morning or a good afternoon or a good evening when Mm -hmm. we start recording here. You know, back there was a time where I'm like, well, who knows when people are going to be listening to this? You know, don't put a... Mm-hmm. Date and a time stamp on there But, you know
1: I, think I always want to start before. by going Good afternoon That's from a certain show But you won't know it
0: Everyone loves Raymond
1: Yes, that's the one
0: I don't know that's not I only watch like four shows And I don't know any of them
1: Doctor Who's one of them now
0: no. Yeah, that is one of them That's mm-hmm. not coming back anytime soon, is it?
1: Uh, they said Spring Oh, okay So spring, you got a couple months I was going to say around April probably
0: I was going to say that's anywhere from Mid-March to late May So I got a lot of time to prepare
1: Yep, as soon as I get a date, you'll know So you can add it to the email
0: Yep, yep, had to do a little uh, Housekeeping on that uh, today But let's get into today's show Uh, We have What it takes To get someone to leave their Precious substack and it's a big and it's a biggie um and maybe the thing that would get me to leave my house who knows <laughs> uh conventions this weekend digital sales what we read this past week uh which is she hulk number 1 and silver surfer rebirth number 1 uh what we're looking forward to coming out this week uh the current standings In the uh, Silver Standard, the battle for the second-best rogues gallery in all of comic books, the results of last week's voting and the next matchup going forward, and of course, spoiler-filled discussions of Book of Boba Fett, Legends of Tomorrow, and Peacemaker. Right. So, uh, Todd, I know we've talked here before on many of the folks in comics that have left and gone to do Substack. Uh, other people that have announced uh, exclusives with Image in recent weeks and months and so forth. Uh, one of the forerunners over on that Substack was James Tinney in the fourth. Currently wrapping up, I think, with the April solicitations, uh, was going to be the end of his contractual obligations. To the Hmm. Warner Brothers franchise, DC Comics, with the last issue of his Joker series coming out. And I just want to throw this out there. Uh, Kudos to DC for, like, ending the book.
1: Right. But I will say this on that. They said uh, that this thus ends the first chapter of this Joker story. So it's coming back
0: okay but at least they're like ending this and they're gonna let whoever takes over the next thing like get like a new number one or whatever it is right
1: and maybe i'll actually call it commissioner gordon but go ahead
0: right uh but what would it take uh to get someone who's wiped his hands of the big two comics to come back well that would get them to write something in the neil gaiman sandman universe of course uh-oh. Uh oh. As it has been announced that James Tinian is going to be doing a Corinthian story in Nightmare Country, which is one of those Sandman universe books. Now I'll say this: I haven't been reading those uh, only because, like, to me, if I'm reading a Sandman book, it's written by Neil Gaiman or no one.
1: I'm of the same mind, even though I did pick up the Dreaming books um just because uh but i'm with you i'm i neil should be writing these
0: but i guess they have neil's seal of approval or at least
1: look away of disapproval oh i i would think so but i think neil's like like Control, even though he says he has no control over the Sandman books is starting to wane because it's been so long since he did anything for them Mm -hmm. that it's like, kind of like, Oh no, we're going to tick off Alan Moore. He may never write for us again when he hasn't written from in 40 years. And it's like, well, Neil, what's Neil done for us? It's like now granted, you know, he's, he's making big money, but what, what, do we have the money to write the check for him to do another Sandman book? So I don't think so. They're so just like, do what we want at this point. Now,
0: I, I know that you say it's been a while, um, but obviously he's, I'm assuming, um, he's involved in the Netflix series whenever that starts, right? Right. And he did write something, I
1: would assume, I think maybe within the last five years was the last thing that he wrote. I want to say maybe he did that Sandman universe one shot that kicked off those. F- like one was the dreaming and one like there was two uh, three other ones that I forget what they were off the top of my head. A books of magic one again, I think. But blah, blah, well, he blah, did blah. uh Overture. Overture was a lot longer than five years ago. That's what I'm looking. But even still,
0: like, you know, it's somewhat recently, you know. Right. That's not, like, 30-plus years, like, uh, what's-his-face, uh, Alan Moore, you know?
1: Right. Um, uh, no,
0: okay, so this was maybe, like, nine years ago.
1: That's a little more than five.
0: Uh, No, again, hang on. Well, okay, so it started in 2013. It finished in 2015, as these things tend to. So I get, I get what you're saying, but I think, you know, Neil's still— I don't think Neil's someone that they want to upset, you know?
1: Right, but yeah, I get what you're saying, but I kind of look at it as uh, how much more is he going to do, but I get it.
0: But I guess a lot of these writers and stuff are probably, and I say I wouldn't read a Sandman story uh, if it wasn't written by Neil Gaiman, but conversely I think if I was in the business and I was a writer or an artist and I had an opportunity to work on Sandman and I was a fan of Sandman and I was a fan of Neil Gaiman's work, I'd jump at the chance.
1: Yeah. See, now I think like, cause Neil's never had a problem with uh, people doing like Mervin Pumpkinhead one shots because other, like I think Bill Willingham like drew or maybe wrote one and other stuff, but it's Sandman or the endless proper that he has a problem with. Um, so yeah, but also if I was a big, uh, I want to play in that sandbox. So I don't blame Tinian at all doing that.
0: Right. And, uh, the other, uh, thing I guess we have in the news this week is, uh, we are less than, uh, two months away from the next Batman movie being released. Uh, I see folks have been already taking pictures of the toys out on the shelves So, of course, any Batman movie, there's going to be a marketing blitz for it. Um, And one of the tie-ins is Little Caesars is going to have a Batman calzone Right. Which is their take on the calzone, a combination of a calzone. Essentially, if you've ever had a calzone, it's a calzone with pizza on top of the calzone. Right. Um, But it's going to be in the shape of a bat signal. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, buttery tasting calzone crust filled with a garlic white sauce, uh, cheese, julienne pepperoni, poor julienne, and uh, <laughs> combined with a pepperoni pizza served with a side of crazy sauce.
1: I so want to compare crazy sauce to think sauce,
0: Joe. Well, crazy sauce is just the normal Little Caesars, whatever, right? Right. Now, if they called it like bat crazy sauce i'd be like okay this is something different probably just the same thing with the bat name in front of it
1: right I see if the joker was in this movie it would be joker crazy sauce right
0: uh but again i guess this is an interesting marketing tie-in
1: this is the marketing tie-in that i wanted um for the three-hour batman movie but uh i don't they know they
0: should I- have a contest that if you bring a ca- you're First of all, most movie theaters, you're not allowed to bring in outside food as I'm winking into the microphone.
1: (laughs) Bucket of chicken,
0: Joe. (laughs) Listen, it's a it's a Popeye's uh, five piece. okay? right. Um, But uh, you're allowed to bring only the calzone in to Batman. But you have to eat the entire thing during the three plus hour runtime of the film.
1: Not a problem
0: challenge accepted you'd say
1: yes now do i get extra points if i finish it in the first act or no okay (laughs) because like i said the only thing i've ever unboxed is a whole pizza um
0: but yeah this looks disgusting uh the fact that it's eight dollars is like even more repulsive Mm -hmm. and i don't know i'm i'm not much of a pizza shamer but if you live in an area where you have at least one mom and pop pizza place and a little caesar's and i guess it's like late at night maybe you're inebriated maybe there's nothing else around i guess a 5 dollar hot and ready will do if there's a line at sheets or something
1: mhm but
0: uh i don't know i'll yep. i'll shame you if you choose little caesar's over a mom and pop pizza joint
1: yeah, Joe. I'm a little short on cash. Can you buy me this pizza calzone?
0: Oh boy, you got to do a little bit more shaming to get that out of me.
1: All right, but no. Are we going to taste test this or no? No, it has pepperoni on it. It's disgusting. You, I'll great. go and
0: order. I'll go and order one and say no pepperoni, please.
1: Okay, if if we do that, I'm getting one with pepperoni because I'm going for the full batzoni experience. <laughs> I'm like, I am not, I am leaving no taste on the table, Joe.
0: I I have a feeling, though, this is going to be a bridge that can't be accomplished, as it's a, it's like a, it's a pepperoni calzone with a pepperoni pizza on top of it. I have a feeling that the uh, young man or woman or person who's working at the Little Caesars isn't putting the pepperoni in the calzone. I think they probably come already pre-assembled.
1: You don't know that, and try using your little its little Caesar's app where they do everything perfectly when you use
0: the app. I never said nothing about no little oh, no, Caesar's wait. app. I said Sheets's app and that McDonald's app and Burger King's app and like. Well, you download the Little Caesar app and go to town. As soon as we're done recording, I'm going to download the Little Caesar's app. Well, you know what? Let me see if I can customize it here. We're recording.
1: That's right. What do we got to do? It's going to be a short show, Joe.
0: Ah, uh, you said it. I know. I haven't said it in a while, so. All right. Let me start my order. It's <laughs> usually after dark nonsense, right?
1: Yes, but, hey, it's it's comic related. All right. And the people want to know, do you have a Little Caesars app?
0: Uh, I don't know if there's an app, but, um, oh, I can't even... I think they're closed. Oh, well. Okay. Ah, okay. So this is good. <laughs> as I go to their as I go to their website, Todd, you have the Batman pepperoni calzone or the Batman cheesy
1: calzone. All right. This is what we're doing. <laughs> I'm making an executive decision. We will be getting both the pepperoni and the cheesy, okay? I will try both. I'll take it in the heart for the show. Okay. You just have to try the cheesy if you want, but I would give you a slice of my uh, pepperoni. If you, if you like broke down and said for the show, I'll do it.
0: No, I wouldn't, I would never eat pepperoni. It's why don't I just, why don't I just drink out of the toilet? (laughs) Uh, But no, it's not like I said, so either one is not customizable, but luckily they have a, a, a
1: pepperoni free option. I figured they would because they don't want to give up any of those vegetarian Batman fans. That's true. No, honestly, like why why alienate, you know, what what is it like like point five percent of the population oh no You don't God. want to lose that money. It
0: says it says serving size one eighth pizza. Oh, so okay. how are we gonna how are we gonna finagle this? are we gonna pick them up at the shop tomorrow?
1: Ooh, that's an idea. Yeah. Because the Little Caesars is like, I could, if I had a good football arm, you know what I mean? I could throw a rock from the comic shop and hit the Little Caesars, so. Yeah. We'll plan it out. We'll figure it out. All right. I'm just glad they like, have a, che- a cheese-only version. Yeah. There's nothing like taking big, greasy food into the comic shop, so. <laughs>
0: Here, let me eat these over these graded comics.
1: Oh, is that an Action 14? Uh, Let me eat over that. Can I have that as a placemat?
0: Yes. All right. So, hey, last bit of news, just kind of a follow-up from a few weeks ago. I know we had talked um, about Marvel changing the way that they do their redeem codes, Mm -hmm. um, where instead of having, like, the little sticker inside and you punch the little code in, that you just take a picture uh, and you upload it to Marvel's website and they email it. And we were talking about like, uh, well, maybe they're just trying to do this so that people aren't like doing the secondary market with these codes. Or, you know, what's stopping me from just going to the comic book shop and taking a picture of every Marvel comic book and getting digital codes for everything, whether I bought them or not, you know? Right. So this week's books that just came or last week's books, rather, some of the Marvel books had codes in them. Some of the Marvel books didn't have the codes in them. Some of the Marvel books that had the codes in them, the codes didn't work. Mm. So it feels as though like the process is still being worked out.
1: Trust the process, Joe.
0: And don't also, I know there was, I saw a bunch of people online like saying like, oh my God, like it says that the turnaround time to get your books when you redeem them this way is going to be like a week.
1: Mm -hmm. It's
0: actually like an hour at most.
1: Too long. I don't have time to wait that long, Joe. Yeah. I could tie up a football game with 13 seconds, and you're going to make me wait an hour for a comic?
0: Right. But just, again, just to let you know, the process is apparently a mess because, like I said, the fact that some books have codes, some books don't have codes. Hmm. And if you go to the site, like it doesn't matter whether your book had a code or not. I think uh, they're still on the drop down that you have to pick of what book you're looking to redeem the code for.
1: No, oh, I get you. I mean, I've never done it, so.
0: Right, but I know there's I, listeners of ours that do, so.
1: Right, listeners who no longer have uh, mint comics when they do.
0: Well, again, your argument, your mileage may vary depending on where you're selling those books. Uh, so, hey, uh, soontobenamenetwork.com, soontobenamenetwork.tumblr.com, all the shows in the Name network, this show, Long Box Heroes After Dark, At Odds with Wrestling, Final Wrestling Place. Wings on Wings, uh, Hit My Music, Puzzle Warriors 3, Profane Arguments, and Porch Talk. Uh, anytime they go live or anytime the folks from those shows go on other shows and they let me know, or I can figure out their cryptic tweets of what they're up to, uh, <laughs> you'll find them uh, over at Soon Be Named Network. So if Adam decides to pop up, on a show talking about Stargate or something, you'll know.
1: <laughs> I want to enjoy him enjoying talking about Stargate, Joe.
0: Right. Uh, You can go check out our friend Kevin's website, Masked Library. He's been putting up a lot of unboxing videos, literally. Uh, A friend of his moved away and left him a giant box of DVDs, and there was lots of interesting finds in there. Uh, Rick Williams, The Chop Shop, where he does all those cool resin and glow-in-the-dark sci-fi fantasy and wrestling uh, figurines. Uh, Jason Sandberg's Jupiter, Chris Runt's Battle Monsters, Uh, both self-published comics by listeners of this very show. You can check them out, support people who support us by getting those books digitally through Comixology. Uh, If you're not a digital comic book fan, you don't have a good comic book shop in your area or don't have any comic book shop in your area, let our comic book shop be your comic book shop. Comics on the Green, go check out their Facebook, which is their social media hub. He's got a store over there as well. Uh, you can sign up for their subscription service, get stuff mailed to your home so you don't even have to leave. If you're out of state, you're traveling, whatever it is. And if you're getting stuff sent out to you, you might get sketches from our good friend Becky. And you can check out her social media for her process on those sketches for those packages that she's sending out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but back to digital stuff, of course, we're almost at the end, Todd. I think this is the last week that uh, Titans Blacklist books will be on sale. Okay. And uh, it it was one of those books that was like, oh, Titan put Blacklist stuff on sale in November. And it's like, the sale ends the end of January. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, But also uh, some new stuff that's picked up. uh, Marvel symbiote Spider-Man and other stories sale. Ooh. (laughs) Those other stories really could be anything. Uh, Marvel having a sale on War of the Realms stuff. Uh, Dark Horse having a sale on Resident Alien stuff, which is I, I remember a series my brother really enjoyed. Uh, Stranger Things sale, and every time Dark Horse does a sale on Stranger Things stuff, I was thinking to myself, I'm like, oh, is Stranger Things back on Netflix? And then nope. it's not.
1: Um, Resident Eve, uh, Alien is coming back to season two for sci-fi, like, this week or next week, so that's why the sale is is happening, I believe.
0: Gotcha. And then after a couple weeks of DC doing real small sales of, like, Naomi and Peacemaker, books that are less than 30 <laughs> issues total. They're back to DC Rebirth ebook sale. sale. Uh, and it's essentially all of the Rebirth stuff. It's Actually, you know what? It's not even all of them. It's 14 select trades of Rebirth stuff.
1: Well, that's still a lot of comics.
0: So one, this is three weeks in a row that they're doing like these little piddling sales. Mm-hmm. And three weeks in a row, Todd, that Batman Year One and Batman Dark Knight Return haven't been offered for sale.
1: Well, Joe, don't you know DC's a Batman company? They don't have to give you deals on Batman. You'll buy it no matter what.
0: Well, sometimes you really don't have a choice.
1: Mm-hmm. Let me just see, though. Year One.
0: Batman Year One. Full price. Full price. Full price. All right. I was just wondering if, like, maybe they just perennially became lower priced books.
1: You know, that's what happens when you become the head of sales at DC. Yeah, come on. Be like, I want Batman. You're wanted a nickel all year round. Yes, not even a nickel. It's free. Read it for free, please. Nickel. I don't know. I remember when we used to, when uh, the bassist was working at the shop, we used to have nickel sales and blow everything out at a nickel. It was very popular.
0: All right, so Todd, let's get into what we're looking, or what we've read this past week. Uh, I'll
1: let you start. Um, I'm going to start with the book I was looking forward to, and is definitely not part of the DC Rebirth sale. Is uh, Silver Surfer Rebirth, number one, um, art by Ron Lim, uh, story by Ron Mars. This takes place in the past, which, as we said from the solicits last week, that uh, it takes place during the Ron Mars run of Silver Surfer. And it starts out with Legacy, who is, you might know better, as Gina veil who would go on to become uh, a, one of the Captain Marvels. Uh, it would be uh, ca- uh, the original Captain Marvel's son. He's trying to save a Kree ship from a, from a black hole, and it's not going well. So Silver Surfer ends up uh, showing up, giving him a bit of a hand. Um, they start talking, and he's like, well, what are you doing? He's like, I'm, he explains who he is, and he's. He's like, well, I want to learn more about my father. So he's like, well, follow me. We'll, I'll take you to Earth. Your father did a lot of stuff there. A lot of people knew him. They could tell you about them along the way. There's just like this effect that something happens. Instead of flying with uh, Legacy, he's actually flying with Marvel, the the original Captain Marvel. And Surfer's like, this doesn't make any sense. Um, You should be dead. And he's like... Uh stop talking crazy. We gotta fight these scrolls uh that in this Cree scroll war um some I don't wanna give too much away that happens, but obviously something's up because Marvel says like I didn't survive cancer to uh you know lo- to be killed by this, and you're like, well, wait a minute, you didn't survive cancer, and uh basically somebody shows up, and I'm not gonna spoil who it is, but I'm pretty much you can guess who it is, but, uh, I like this. It was a simple, quick read in the vein of like what comic books were like back in the, you know, the, the, the mid nineties, but were when they were good, uh, it was a quick, swift read, looked beautiful. I love, uh, Ron Lim's art on surfer and anything else he does. Um, yeah, I, if you liked Ron Mars's run and Ron Lim on silver surfer, I say, read this. Uh, if you didn't, I don't know how well you like, uh, a quick, easy read that reminds me of something from the past, if you get my meaning.
0: Yeah. Um, so obviously this, uh, it's been a long time since I've read the 90s Ron Mars, Ron Lim cosmic stuff, right? Mm-hmm. I feel as though, and again, no spoilers, of course, that there, sh- there is and could be enough clues in here as to like where this fits into the continuity. Right. Um, I'm just wondering where it fits into the continuity. Do You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I could kind of find out because I know, because uh, Legacy first appeared in Silver Surfer Annual, so it would be around there. You know what I yeah.
0: mean? Yeah, and, and I say, like, there's a character that shows up, and I'm like, oh, the character looks like this as opposed to like this, so one would assume that it happens before this.
1: Right, but it did, did it actually happen because... Could it be a dream or hypnosis or, you know what I mean? Like, I don't even know. So.
0: And Ron Lim is an artist from the eighties and nineties who again is still working today. And I feel as though is one of the few artists from that era that's still working today that I think has adapted their style well to today's look and feel and coloring.
1: Yes, yes. Like you I could would.
0: look at a Ron, Ron Lim page from 1991 and a Ron Lim page from 2022, and you could tell it's the same artist.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Where I think there's a lot of artists where you probably could, but it's, it'd be more of like with a question mark.
1: No I get you he's one of them that's up there Bagley's another you know what yeah. I mean There's there's a few but I, I get what you're saying Because it, it has changed with the coloring and, and everything but it's Immediately you know recognizable And like I said it's got a, a great cover Joe a great great cover One of the best covers ever done by Marvel A repre- representation of it
0: Right an homage to the book That allegedly started the variant cover Sensation allegedly
1: <laughs> That's too allegedly so it's Got to yeah. be true
0: Right. One cancels out the other.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, so the other
0: book, uh, that we'll be discussing that I think we both read would be She-Hulk number one, uh, written by rainbow, rainbow Roel and art by, uh, Roge Antonio. Mm -hmm. Uh, a back to basics for Jennifer Walters. I said last week, I've been waiting for this. Uh, I get that Jason Aaron's had some fun making her like the savage She-Hulk again. Whatever the relationship she had with Thor is in those Avengers books are fine. This is the She-Hulk that I like. This is the She-Hulk that I love when she's doing super-powered cases. We get a little bit more of the, and I don't want to say pithy dialogue, but a very self-referential dialogue where she has the fight with Titania. And while they're fighting... They're having a conversation where each other are in their lives. We get a bunch of cameos from some of the past folks from Jen's life. And then there's another issue where we get, it's a issue one, last page cliffhanger sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Not every book needs to be this deep theological whatever. (laughs) You could have a book that's still light And deals with what these characters, specifically Jen and maybe, to a lesser extent, Titania are going through. The way they kind of deal with their lives. Maybe one being the jealous of the other. Without it being this heavy thing to deal with. This is a very light, it was a very straightforward book. A very back to basics for the character. And I really liked it.
1: It kind of reminds me, because I did read it too, uh, like you said, a light thing, like kind of like the way Silver Surfer Rebirth kind of was. Um, but to a lesser extent, I didn't like it as much as you did. I'm not going to say I, I, I didn't like it, but I was like, okay, there's a book here. It's got a story. It's got a decent story, but that's all it was for me. I enjoyed it, but not enough. And I like She-Hulk as a character, but not enough to be like, ah, uh, uh, I even want to read number two. It was it was a good story, uh, but not for me. So that's all I'm going to say.
0: I got you. I'm with it. Uh, I liked it. I'll be sticking with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's what we read from this past week. Let's get into what we're looking forward to coming out this week. I'm not even opening up the poll post uh, because we put it out every Tuesday around noon Eastern time. It's a link to a link to all the books that are coming out this week. Whether you get your books in print, whether you get them digitally, whether you get them sent to your home, however it is that you get your books, before one, before I know what's coming out this week. Todd and I attempt to guess what the other is most looking forward to coming out this week. Todd currently has one correct guess over me. And uh, like I said, we attempt to guess what the other is most looking forward to coming out this week. Todd, did you just want to say it together on three? Okay. Okay. Uh, I think the book that you're most looking forward to coming out is the same book that I'm most looking forward to coming out. And on three, that would be one, two, three, saga, saga. number five, 55.
1: Right. Sorry, I didn't say the number, but you get it.
0: Uh, Yeah. Uh, Three years waiting for this book. Um, it doesn't even matter what other books are coming out this week. No offense to the other books coming out this yep. week. Uh, but saga is number one with a bullet.
1: Yeah, I, now i I'm gonna be completely honest. um, human target is way up there for me uh-huh. because, because of the nostalgia you get you get what I mean. like I'm loving that book it's it's bringing a good feeling to my heart. but I'm like, this week definitely saga. If these books go head to head again, I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Nostalgia over greatness But because we said it together At the same time I didn't get to do my bit And I know how much you love bits Joe Was you were going to ask me if it was Sog, And I was going to say no It was Aquaman, Green Arrow, Deep Target, number four Prove that it wasn't
0: Joe <laughs> no, I, would just, I would just call you a liar Right to your face
1: What? Yeah. Oh no I would never lie about something like that But yeah no it's Sog. I, I mean I don't know about you I, I actually up to last week Reread last week was the last trade I ended up rereading so I'm all Caught up to go into saga because I Have time (laughs) Well
0: I've been trying to get caught up on My actual backlog you know
1: Right I'm all caught up on those So it was nice and I forgot just how good Saga was
0: Yeah it's good Mm -hmm. It's good Um the memories are still there I'm excited Um yeah, that, that, that's really all I can say, you know? Yep. All right, so uh, with that being said, while you're over at longboxheroes.com, uh, check out our new – check out past episodes of this show, past episodes of Longbox Heroes After Dark, and also check out what we're doing with the Have Issues Space this year, which is the uh, battle for second place – what's it exactly called? The Silver Standard? Yep. And uh, to determine – to determine who has the second best rogues gallery in all of comics. Very obviously, clearly, Flash has the best rogues gallery. I think it's Spider-Man. Todd thinks it's Batman. We're taking the bottom of the barrel of those rogues galleries, pitting against each other in a big, giant, year-long tournament, and the winner will get those bragging rights to be officially the second best rogues gallery in all of comics. Right. So last week, we pit from the Spider-Man universe doppelganger against from the Batman universe, King of Cats. And in a landslide, Todd, uh, almost three to one, King of Cats destroyed poor Doppelganger.
1: You could say there was no pussyfooting around with that one, Joe. Uh Mm Uh-huh.
0: Mm-hmm. So next week, we have our next matchup set to go. And uh, we're still working out the kinks of this. Uh, Winner goes first or the loser goes first to pitch their next person?
1: I have no idea, but since, if you want me to go first every time, because I think I'm going to be the winner from here on out, I don't know. Okay, go ahead. All right, well, um, my pick uh, this this week is Planet Master. Now, there were two Planet Masters. I'm going to go with the first one, but they're equally as bad. Um, and his name was Irving Norbit. So that's a great name right off the bat. And uh, Professor uh, Irving Norbit... Uh, decided to make gadgets that would use the powers of the planets. You know, when you went to school and they taught you, you know, in science class what planets there were, and they taught you what powers they had, apparently. And then even that, he kind of goes right off the rails with that because in his first appearance, which was uh, Detective Comics, he's like, oh, I'm going to use my gadget that gives me the power of – Uh, Mercury where I'm going to use this heat to melt everything. And then in this uh, heist, I'm going to steal stuff using mist, which is like the shrouded planet of Venus. And then at one point he goes like, I'm going to do a fur robbery on the canal um, suggested by the canals of the fourth planet of Mars. I'm like, it's not so much a power, but okay. And then like using Jupiter, in a in a robbery he's a robber a robbing an armored car and he ends up using his powers to make the uh guards gun holsters really big and it pins them down so he was using the power of bigness from jupiter and rings of saturn he could throw those and i'm like okay in the end it finds out that he was just Kind of loopy because he had opened up a meteorite And some meteorite gas came out And made him want to be The planet master So in the end he gave it up until his assistant Took it up for uh, The second planet master And they both made one appearance And then disappeared So uh, Planet master looking good by the way In those fancy fancy threads But planet master lame villain Well
0: my pick this week Um a lame villain you know i know todd is a big fan of any spider-man villain that's animal based which is according to todd all of them (laughs) um but this one has a interesting start to his animal dumb fritz von meyer one of hitler's top scientists now i could just stop right there todd well that's a terrible villain if they're nazis so right but he was able to escape captured during world war ii And while in South America, he discovered a colony of mutated bees. In attempting to enslave the queen, the bees devoured him, leaving only his bones. However, the bees were then possessed by his consciousness, to which Von Meyer became a living swarm of bees in a purple cape. That's right, my pick this week. Is the Spider-Man villain, Swarm.
1: What? He's deadly to people who are allergic to bees, Joe.
0: Yes. His powers are flight, intangibility, shape-shifting, and the ability to control the bees that make up his body. Right. Now, uh, he has, uh, you know, been involved in many teams. You know, obviously, uh, someone like this uh, can't fight crime alone. Uh, he was a member of the Hexful Hexad, alongside the Gibbon, the Ox, the Squid, the White Rabbit, and Itsy Bitsy.
1: None of those are making your list later.
0: Uh, maybe one might, maybe mm-hmm. two. Um, but yes, he's been defeated many times by like water, uh, being having the bees distracted by sugar. And then those bees put into bags and turned over to the police.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: while on paper, he has some uh, pretty substantial powers. He's a failure at every stretch of the imagination. The reason I picked him was high-end powers, cool concept, but a constant failure.
1: Oh, see, I picked Mayan because the guy wanted to emulate planets, Joe. That was a pretty good idea. was like, hey, you know what gimmick hasn't been used yet? Planets. His Everybody consciousness
0: was, like, hey, was enveloped by bees.
1: I don't know. Have you ever been taken over by meteorite gas? Oh, sounds terrible, but this guy knows what
0: Meteorite it. gas sounds like the origin of every third Hulk villain from the 70s. I don't want to hear
1: it. Oh, oh. But, I mean bees listen i don't know how many times i've talked with somebody like what's your greatest phobia insects slash bees i've never had somebody go "Ooh, a planet i'm so scared now if he'd gotten bitten by a radioactive planet and teamed up with moon knight greatest character ever right we're talking a different list (laughs) right we're talking totally different list but this guy was like let me bring fear to the hearts of good doers by being a planet i don't know it just doesn't make any sense
0: i think more people are afraid of spiders than there are they are of bees and this is a spider-man villain so how could you be afraid of spider-man if you can't even be afraid of his villain
1: i'd be afraid of his villain very bee-like villain yeah He's literally a B-lister, but mine's a (laughs) P-lister. Mine's a P-lister for Planet. There you go. So the vote will go
0: up on Twitter. Uh, There'll be the post where you can find the tweet. uh, And the voting will be open until we record next week. Uh, Hopefully we can move Swarmy along uh, in this tournament and leave Planet Master back amongst those of us that believe that that we didn't land on the moon and the Earth is flat.
1: I don't know. I believe in some of that. But anyway.
0: Okay. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, also, while you're over at longboxheroes.com, you can check out our store where you can purchase shirts and pins and stickers with our fancy logo on them. Uh, if you even want more things with even more fancy logos inspired by this show, inspired by After Dark, inspired by add with Wrestling, Final Wrestling Place, Hit My Music, you can head over to our T Public store. Uh, there's a 35% off sale that runs to Sunday uh, and you can get any of those things on everything from cell phone covers to notebooks and everything in between. Uh you can sign up for our Patreon, a dollar a month, $5 a month is going to get you two bonus shows a month from Todd and I. One is previewing the past, looking at 30 years ago this month's previews catalog 1992 was the Wild Times in Comics. That's the bubble. This is the time in comics that everyone talks about, and we're getting there. We're looking at those catalogs. We're going through them page by page, and hey, we even upload those catalogs in full. So if you want to relive that time yourselves, you can look at all that stuff in all of its full color and sometimes black and white glory. Uh, you can also get our movie project this month. We're do or this year we're doing the films of independent filmmaker Mark Pirro in Pirro Mounties. <laughs> uh, it all started last year with a Polish vampire in Burbank. This month, we did Death Row Game Show. Uh, there's a lot of late-night cable, direct vhs fare, and Mark Pirro's a man who's still making movies to this day. So uh, it's going to be a fun ride in 2022 looking at his stuff.
1: Right i'll just say two things he uh he might be literally making a movie as we speak right now you never know and like you said the we're getting into the meat of those 1990s previews and like it's probably like the pepperoni meat it's that good joe no
0: that's more of a the good meat's like more of a sausage or a bacon meat Mm, okay uh, and uh, also the $5 level you get after dark two days before everyone else. So you get to listen to the show in the correct listening order. And last but not least, uh, with you could help us out by is by making any and all of your purchases through our Amazon affiliate link, the banner for which is right at the top of the page at longboxheroes.com does not cost you anything extra. They Amazon call it an advertising fee and, uh, because if it wasn't for us, you would not know that Amazon exists. I call it the thing that makes Todd happy at the end of the month when he gets his cut of the money. Yeah. Some of the notable purchases through the Amazon click-through this past week include uh, somebody purchased uh, book six in the Anne Rice vampire saga, the Vampire Armand. Hmm. I, I only saw half of... Uh, interviewed a Vampire the movie I never read any of those books
1: I never really read any of them either And I
0: heard Queen the, the movie for Queen of the Damned was real bad Okay And uh, the next couple I put in here Just because uh, I'm a fan of these long drawn out Clickbaity uh, uh, Listings for Amazon items mm-hmm. Planters Deluxe Mixed Mixed Nuts With Hazelnuts resealable container cashews almonds hazelnuts pistachios and pecans roasted in peanut oil with sea salt I like that hazelnut gets mentioned twice
1: well they're just that good mm-hmm. um and i pronounce it pecan pecans
0: you know. i well i remember though i had a bit where i pronounced it pecans pecans yes know what
1: you do when you get those you pecan choose.
0: oh that's a, that's the other guy that's the other <laughs> thing <laughs> right uh, somebody purchased sign stack hand, hand oh handle set with Shelby lever single cylinder front door lock set, oil rubbed bronze.
1: Oh, it's a I, new it's a new knob for their door. Oh, okay. I I was one. I thought that was an after dark purchase for a no. Second. Oh my goodness. <laughs> When my skin used to be oil rubbed bronze when I tan in the summer show. <laughs> oh.
0: And then somebody also purchased stick-on flexible weight for derby cars cut with a scissors. And <laughs> right. in, the, in the description in the picture, it shows them cutting it with scissors. Just in case you didn't get from this description that you cut these with scissors. Or no, not cut them with scissors. Cut with a scissors.
1: Right. Makes total sense.
0: Yes. Uh, But thank you, everyone, for any and all of your purchases through the Amazon click-through, whether it be this week, this month, this year, or this whenever. Uh, All of that is greatly
1: appreciated. And, uh, Todd, did we have any art attacks this week? We did um, from Fred Chamberlain, he said, losing out on a big piece, which I do believe was the cover to uh, Batman versus the Hulk um, at auction was tempted a bit when I scooped this Jose Luis Garcia Lopez art up. This, This issue featured the most cruel action by Superman ever. So uh I think it says because it says on the top that it's from issue 301 or it might be 307 because it's cut off. You never know. But uh it's Superman being knocked down into the sewers by Solomon Grundy, born on a Monday. Um, and but why is Clark Kent walking around above this on the streets when Superman was knocked down into the sewer? Questions that will be answered once you read this issue. But Jose Luis Garcia Lopez art, you can't beat it. He does the, you know the best version of everybody at DC. Um, this is a really beautiful piece.
0: Yep. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's a page. You get your, your markings on them. There's like pieces of tape on them that it was held up somewhere. Mm-hmm. And like the fact that Garcia Lopez never skimped on the superheroes, you know, uh, uh, I I could find a little bit like, uh, maybe Solomon Grundy could have been a little bit bulkier, you know, Mm-hmm. But that drawing on that page of Superman, like you could just take that and be like, Yep, that's the model sheet that everyone uses for Superman, and oh. he would just draw that regularly in every issue of every comic that he ever did, you
1: know, look at that like sewer hallway, like the depth that that he he gets there, you know what I mean yes. it's like he almost understands art i uh, he's that good, Joe, yes, so I'm a big uh, Garcia Lopez fan, but uh, also. Um, part of Ron Slodowski's uh, Pigskin Pickem Prize, an original piece of art with the joke by Annie the Kitty. Um, so uh, we uh, sent off the prize for winning uh, the Pigskin Pickems, and it says, "Congrats, Ron! What happens to football players who go blind? They become refs. Waka waka waka." And then a little thank you from me and you. And uh, I'm, I hope you enjoy it. Um, good little joke. Uh, always, always fun. Did you help her with that? No, that was all her. Mhm. No, I listen. You're going to paint it, you're going to paint her with that brush? Uh the brush she used to draw this art. Yes. Um yes. I look at it as don't mess with a master. You know what I mean? All right. All right,
0: so I think that's everything uh from the main show. We're going to get into spoiler and I mean spoiler filled discussion of those TV shows that we Mentioned at the top of the show, Boba Fett, Legends of Tomorrow, and Peacemaker. Yep. All right, so uh, if you don't care, you didn't watch them, you know, we're always a week behind on these anyway. Um, bid you adieu, 591, Logbox Heroes. And uh, I guess we'll get into uh, Boba Fett, since that's the oldest of these, right? Yep. Okay. Uh, So... I'll take point on this, you take point on Legends of Tomorrow, and then I'll uh, wrap up with Peacemaker, if that's okay
1: with you. I'm okay with rolling like that.
0: All right. So this is more of the flashbacky stuff mm-hmm. for Boba Fett. It's him essentially getting all of his stuff back is the main crux of this episode. Uh, obviously, he can't go after the people that killed the Tusken Raiders alone. He's going to need his ship. He's going to need help. He's going to need his armor. And this episode is him doing all that stuff. Then we get the bit at the end where he gets all the other people, families, crime type folks in Moss Espa. And is like, listen, I'm going to take them down. I brought y'all here, not because I want you to join me, but I just want you to remain neutral and don't turn your backs on me.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I get rid of them, and we could go forward and kind of, you know, go back to normal. I'm not going to run things like the huts. I'm not going to run, run things like the greatest character from Return of the Jedi ever, Bib Fortuna. But I'm letting you know what my plan is. Please don't stab me in the back. Right. Um, I like this episode. Uh, I do have some issues, uh, at least with the uh, subtitling on this Hmm. Last week's episode, when he talks to uh, the, the evil Chewbacca, evil Chewbacca.
1: Right, Chewbacca.
0: Right. He says, uh, don't deal, and the subtitling says, scum holes. Right. When referring to the Fets. But this week when they do the uh, the recap, the, the, the subtitling says, don't mess with scug holes. So oh, I want to know is it, like which is correct? Is it scum holes or scug holes?
1: Okay, I'm gonna say because last week I heard scug holes, okay. so, but I didn't use the uh, the the subtitles, so it's scug, it's scug holes.
0: Okay, I I needed clarity on that one because that you know me that one was really sticking with me because last week's episode subtitle said scum and this week said scug
1: somebody screwed up they're going to get fired it's like leave it's like that guy in jeans in the mandalorian in the background joe yeah but how uh, would i li-
0: you know i like this episode like the table was set up right above the rancor pit we get to see a little bit uh, more of the bonding between boba fett and uh the, the rancor uh you know but we kind of knew how he like it was a good episode but it was definitely a filler episode
1: so it kind of was and it kind of kind of wasn't because it fills in the gaps of like because we get the bit where, you know, he just shows up with uh, her in the Mandalorian. And it's like, oh, and I want my armor back kind of a deal. This sa- this says how it gets there. And I'm like, OK, I, I like that. I felt p- bad for the poor Sarlacc pit. It didn't do anything to nobody. Um, but uh, I do like when he, you know, uses his ship, the fire spray Joe. That's what it's called. Um, to like Oh yeah, blow it's never up...
0: been called anything else. That's right.
1: Yeah, Yeah. Yep. To blow up the speeder bike gang. So I like that was a cool shot where he just comes in, he just wipes them out. But uh my favorite part has to be when he's like, Oh, you know, like we're gonna do this and like get ready in the background because these people are coming the, the crime lawyers. He's like, I'm going to go into town because, you know, uh, crime syndicate, uh, like, you know, a vacuum is the worst thing that happens. So he goes in and he runs into uh, Tupaca And he's like, Tupac just like losing it in the thing. And he beats up those, those, all those, those aliens. And in the end, um, the, the lady who runs the place is like, calm down. We know who you are. Walk away. I'll give you the f- wipe. The credits clean. And he's like, Oh, I like thinking about it. And then he just rips the, the guy, the, the guy's arm off and walks out and he ends up working for Boba Fett. I like the little nod because the, whether those were the aliens or that, but definitely their people, those were the ones that were giving Fett tribute of Wookiee pelts. So I like to feel that that's like, he's like, oh, you're, you're you know, you're Wookie scalpers. So like he ends up doing, it. And I and I like him, you know, as a character. And he's, he's just, he's just awesome. And now that he's, uh, his muscle. And I was talking with the fancy gentleman today and he's like, oh, because at the end they're like, oh, we need muscle. And they're like, with money we can get muscle. And they end up saying like, uh, not saying, but the music plays for the Mandalorian. And I didn't notice that. So I'm wondering if next episode we're going to get the Mandalorian. And, like, for him for hire, if you get my meaning. So that could be kind of cool. Yeah, I don't look at no um, spoilers or nothing, you
0: know. And even when I have, like, the IMDb links and stuff, they don't typically put the episode titles up until the episodes have already aired. So mm-hmm. it just says episode five, and there's, like, no information known. So they're yeah. doing a real good job of kind of keeping their lid on some of that stuff, you know.
1: I think episode five is called It's Skug Holes, Joe.
0: <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> We get that clarification, scum or scug, please.
1: Right, right, right. So would you like to do do Legends of Tomorrow now? Yes. This episode, Joe, was called lowest common demonator. Oh, good, good writing right there. Um, so basically Gideon has transported the legends, uh, home. And in her mind, home is the, uh, the john constantine's house in hell um and they go there but because they didn't use the key uh there's kind of no way out to a doorway so they're stuck there so they're like oh well that's good we can't be attacked by the evil legends we'll just hang out here for a little while but uh the guy who played john uh, dr gwynn ends up hearing voices and he opens up uh, a random door and he lets in spirits and they're like it could be anything through a series of events, we find out that they are cursed uh, people who are who do reality shows in hell. And they have to spend eternity recording stuff that people would like to watch until they record something real. Um, and uh, Astra realizes this, and she's going to go talk to the guy who's in charge of it. And she leaves, and she says, they're going to make your basis urges happen to, like, to get ratings or whatever you will. So just don't give into it. Um, And through a series of events, they hit all the tropes of reality TV shows from Zari and and Nate being like a Jersey shore couple, but from Boston, maybe, I don't know. Um, And Spooner's just going to do the survivor naked thing and try to get alliances. And Gideon ends up being like, like an evil, like, String puller, because she gives up part of her, gives up her emotions for her logic, all the while hurting poor Gary and his three nipples. It was destroying me, um, but it 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 was fun because all the like the tropes that they hit to even the point where, uh uh, Sarah gives Dr. Gwynn, he's like, you were supposed to help me save somebody. She's like, all right, in, in the vein of it, I'll write down, you get to save one person in the time stream. And he ends up saying he wants to save uh, Prince Duke Ferdinand or whatever, the guy who who ended up getting such shot and starting World War One. They're like, you can't do that. In the end, they end up beating everything because bearhard who was on a reality show growing up, uh, hated it and gives his, professes his love to uh to Astra and that releases the, 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 the crew. And they're like, oh, okay, that's great. We're all back to normal. And in the end they're like, uh, Gideon's like, I know what we have to do. We have to go save, uh, the guy, uh, Ferdinand from being assassinated and we can stop world war one. They're like that, that's going to be bad. And that's pretty much how the episode ends. I had fun with this. The wackier legends gets, the more I love it. And this is one of those that's way, way up there for wacky.
0: I hated this episode so much. What?
1: You hated this episode?
0: I hate reality TV.
1: I know. I do too. And they
0: were hitting all the tropes. Mm -hmm. And I get it. But so many of these tropes, like we're old and we remember, you know, Rudy, the naked guy on Survivor. And we remember all these other tropes that they're doing that, like, really aren't tropes on reality shows anymore. Like, do they permeate this far into the future, you know? Right. So, and it was all the things that I hate about reality shows. And I I liked the idea of the show. But even early on, like, we're, like, seven or eight minutes into the episode, and they're still showing credits. On the screen, and the show's being shot like all weird, and I'm like, like a a reality show before like we get tipped off to what the plot is.
1: Those are clues, Joe. Clues.
0: But I'm like, there's something wrong with this episode. It just felt wrong, you know.
1: I, I get what you're saying, but see, the world's greatest satire, Joe, puts a mirror up to the world, and we can make fun of it, and that's what this episode does. I, I I get what you're saying because I hate everything about every because no show is reality. Reality shows are the fakest thing that have ever been. Um, but I do like the when they make like making fun of it so i i get the jokes so it is irritating but i don't know i didn't hate it i like i said i love that legends just steers into whatever they're doing
0: yeah the whole episode just made me my skin crawl you know mm-hmm. and i couldn't enjoy it sadly right um will not be on my best of legends rewatch uh at the end of the year
1: it'll be on mine. end
0: okay uh so last but not least is uh Peacemaker, huh?
1: Yeah. Great intro on that Peacemaker.
0: Yep, yep. <laughs> um so I don't know, uh I don't feel comfortable in saying the uh, episode title on the uh <laughs> the show here, uh but it is uh, rhymes with the road less traveled? Yep. Okay. Um we get a bit of, you know, it's it, essentially the whole thing is like one continuous story, right? mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Um, you know, there's no like r- there's breaks of course for episodes, but there's there's uh you know like everything kind of flows into the next thing, right?
1: Mhm.
0: Um, we get Okay, so uh this episode deals primarily with Myrn and his crew officially recruiting Vigilante. Right? And vigilante going into uh, being, um, being judged, being pushed, being, um, I guess suggested by Leota to go into jail and kill Peacemaker's father. Right. Uh, that's that's your main main crux of the episode.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But there's a lot more that goes on in the episode, right? Um, so. Matter Eater Lad gets name dropped?
1: Yes, he does.
0: So Batmite has been mentioned and Matter Eater Lad have been mentioned. So I guess they're canon in all of this? They have to be. Right. We just don't say these names on a DC TV show if they're not real. <laughs> um. However, as seemingly happens more often than not, Peacemaker needs to go back to his house and get a new helmet and vigilante is with him this time and they have a a nice touching moment. Where vigilante kind of lets peacemaker know uh that he was upset that peacemaker didn't stick up for him when he was having his toe cut off and peacemaker yeah. again peacemaker is trying. This is a journey <laughs> of a man who is bad trying to become better. Right. Uh they go back to peacemaker's house into the room where all the helmets are and it's a Quantum unfolding space Todd right, which kind of makes that room in John Cena's house bigger than it appears on the
1: outside, yep, copy an a get an a
0: I know I can't believe Doctor Who time traveled. <laughs> yes to get this information from the John Cena t v show mm-hmm um they have uh from the previous episode they have Judo Master uh like. Uh, restrained onto a couch and judo master gets out and there's like a big fight between judo master and peacemaker and i keep saying john cena it's john cena right um but um while the fight is going on uh leota shoots uh judo master but we're led to believe that judo master may not be dead still alive,
1: right he's not dead and he also said the butterflies aren't what you think there and then leota shoots him so right was she trying to stop him from saying it or was she just trying to help peacemaker right
0: um peacemaker also has a fun bit here where he postulates that he has seen before uh, a person who's been shot in the heart have their liver move up through their body and replace their heart
1: it can happen it only happens a little joe
0: right uh, but we also learn a lot of stuff in this episode that, um, he tells, uh, Peacemaker tells the rest of the crew that at the end of episode three, after they blew that dude's head off and the butterfly flew away, uh, Peacemaker says that he killed the butterfly, but he actually kept the butterfly.
1: And he's in a jar now.
0: And he's in a jar back at his apartment with Eagley.
1: That's going to go well. Right. That's going
0: to go well. Right. Um, In looking into the information, um, uh, 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 Leota finds out that the other two butterflies, the woman from episode one and the other folks that were discovered to be butterflies, all worked at the uh, Thai Bottling Company. Mm -hmm. So obviously that's a lead to something. And then she's going to investigate that. And then uh, we, fu- and again, listen, we're talking about the shows. We're into spoiler talk, right? Right. Uh, at the very end of the episode, we find out that Myrn himself is a butterfly. Yep. I was and shocked.
1: That one caught me for a loop, you know what oh, I mean? Yeah. Um, but also in there, the thing that I'm like most interested in is, too, is that we start finding out that somehow uh, Peacemaker's brother was killed and maybe he had something to do like i don't believe that he you know he did it on purpose but there's something the father did and whatever i'm i'm looking forward to see that but yeah definitely Myrn being a butterfly like i don't know what the butterflies are now like are they i i almost think there's like two faction of two factions of butterflies or something like that one's trying to stop like one's trying to help one's trying to hurt i don't even know I, I'm really looking forward to it. And once again, I found another person today who didn't know that Adebayo, Leota was Amanda Waller's daughter.
0: Yeah, I didn't pick up on the clues of that from the first set of the episodes., uh, but with that information, they really lean to it lean into it heavily on this episode
1: right because we were t- I was talking with somebody at the show today and like Becky was like, yeah, like she she calls her mom like literally talking to her on Skype. I'm like, that's what I thought too. But yeah, and now it makes it much more rough when anybody like just buries Amanda Waller in front of her. Oh my God, crazy.
0: Right, but you mentioned about Peacemaker and his dad. Mm -hmm. So there's stuff in Peacemaker's file that uh, Peacemaker's father, um, Robert Patrick, um made him taught him how to kill at a young age and we get flashback stuff what we presume is john cena peacemaker as a child killing a man with a knife like stabbing him repeatedly
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and then we get a thing where it's john cena peacemaker as a kid and his older brother uh, getting along, playing, whatever it is. He has the picture of the two of them together when they were just kids. And then we see the older brother dying. But it mm-hmm. looks to be a very violent, very painful death. Right. Now, I think we're led to believe, obviously, the father, Robert Patrick, tells Peacemaker that you, John Cena, Peacemaker, were no good. It was your brother that was the good one.
1: Mm-hmm. And the way
0: that the flashbacks are laid out is is that we're led to believe that maybe Peacemaker was there when his brother died. He was involved when his brother died. He could have stopped it from happening. There's right. something. There's some yep. sort of trauma there that I'm sure we're going to get dealt with by the end of this.
1: I totally agree. Um, all that being said, I want to say my favorite scene in the whole episode, and I can't even talk too much about it is the scene where vigilante goes into prison to kill uh peacemaker's father and he goes over to the white supremacists and he sits down and he goes let's go around the table and let's tell stories yes that scene just gets worse and worse in a good way and i'm like oh my god and then the logic behind it where the, the father realizes he's like, you're here for me. And you just came out looking like the good guy because with all these cameras, you wound these guys up and they came after you. Um, I'm not falling for it. And I'm like, okay, that, that was an amazing scene. And then vigilante coming out to hard court and going, like crying, like I I've made things worse, haven't I? And it's like all these scenes, like I say every time, it's such a stupid show that when you get emotion, it hurts all that much more. Um, I, yeah, I'm just loving loving this show. So, looking forward to the last couple episodes.
0: Yep, I'm definitely enjoying it. Um, you know, and I I say it's the you know it's very over the top, lots of swear and lots of violence. First episode, this one, uh, no nudity in it though.
1: Yeah, no news will, you know. And I'm tr- trying to remember what name the the neighbor used for a Rogues Gallery. Okay, he was like using like Cartier or something like that, and it wasn't Rogues Gallery. I'm like, I like that. That's pretty good.
0: Oh yeah, and I think that clip has actually been making the rounds because it kind of like exists in its own vacuum,
1: mm-hmm. uh,
0: where the neighbor who I don't know maybe is just as bad as Robert Patrick. I don't know
1: we're gonna see i think there's something up with the neighbor
0: yeah yeah i think there's something up with everybody in this show
1: yeah i don't think we're gonna th- see anybody in the same light by the end of, like that we saw them in the beginning you know right
0: where they have a conversation how peacemaker doesn't have a rogues gallery so that means he's no good because batman yeah. has, a, has a rogues gallery he even says the neighbor even says batman is the second best even nay, third best rogues gallery
1: I think that's what he said but he didn't say the third best part. Oh okay. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> so But yeah, I think that's it. Uh, it's a, that's a full show, right Todd?
1: Yes, yeah, sh- a short snackable show.
0: Yep. So everyone, thank you very much for listening to episode 591, of Long Box Heroes. For Todd, this is Joe saying, we'll see y'all here next week.
1: Remember, be a faucet, not a drain. Woo!